The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey there, Tiger fans. We recorded the podcast, uh, Colin and I did, before the news broke that the Big Ten Conference will postpone its football season until the spring. So keep in mind, when you hear us rambling about stupid things, we weren't wrong. It just hadn't happened yet. We'll be wrong about other things, but on this one, it just hadn't happened yet. The Big Ten cancellation came after this podcast. But enjoy! I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. What's up, dum-dums? As sports keeps coming back, so does your chance to bet on them. With our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline AG, baseball's back in full swing, and there are no shortages of ways to get into the action. Bet Online has all the odds, futures, and prompts. You'll be a betting son of a bitch. Also, tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the Bet Online team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. My goodness, he'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on all the costs of his bling. Brendan, I didn't know jewelry betting was missing from my life. Yeah. I now know. Now you know. Visit Bet Online AG today to check out all the odds. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Tigers trying to turn up the tempo on second and five with a 40. Bryant with the time. The pass. It is And a touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree running left. Gets 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the man. This is the Mazad Cast. Now, howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is SEC college football schedule maker, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And not with us today because he is busy working on his phase three trial for his own personal coronavirus vaccine, Caleb Bungard. Yep, it's not going to go well. Do not take that vaccine. Also, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, Brennan. But I saw Caleb using syrup as one of the ingredients. Well, I was just going to say, I don't know much. About, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm sure. going to throw that out there right now. But I don't know a lot about vaccines, but I will say this. 
I've never seen a vaccine that it contained that much Gatorade. Well, why were there Skittles in it? <laughs> I don't, anyway, we, yeah. let's not go down that road. I, I mean, who's he tested it on, frankly? Well, ultimately, um, you know, let's not dog it. I mean, maybe Caleb may save us all. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck, Caleb. Yeah, so we're doing a uh, second podcast and well, I guess it's the 1st of August, but we're trying to be more diligent about doing yeah, this. We did we, one we 2 weeks to ago. We're going to be more diligent as soon as they decided we may not have football to talk about. <laughs> Just as soon as the entire topic that we've devoted this entire podcast sure, to falling apart has been eradicated, we said, "Hey, time to jump time in. to buckle down. Grab your shovel." <laughs> <laughs> we'll start digging. That's right. Yeah. So we're doing another podcast. Put on uh, our hat, hard hat and our grab our lunch pail, and here we come. Mm-hmm, that's right. We're lunch pail guys. Two weeks ago, we did a show. We talked about uh, who the Mizzou Tigers might be playing, how they're going to go about the There's season. Some BYU talk. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to be our quarterback? <laughs> yeah, sure. None of that seems to matter too much today because uh, well, we the SEC know. made a decision. <laughs> and the decision is that we are going to play conference only games. That's right. And, uh, so we've replaced, what was it, Central Arkansas, BYU, um, some Michigan, Central Michigan, Central Michigan. Michigan something. Some, uh, we've replaced, as uh, Caleb would call them, letter schools. And mm-hmm. we replaced them with a couple name schools you might be familiar with. Brendan, you want to check the computer right there and tell me who were the name schools that have been added to our schedule from the SEC? LSU. Mm. Hmm. Sounds like a letter school, folks, if you're not that indoctrinated with college football. <laughs> yeah. But trust me, it is not. They actually... <laughs> Little, little known fact, yeah. they won the national championship last year. <laughs> so they, Not a lot of people know that. There was what the football analysts call good. Yeah, sure. Um, and well, then, the second team, this Alabama. They gave us a little break, uh, not the national championship. <laughs> you know, if you're going to give us LSU. Sure, you got you can't be throwing. You're giving us two schools, and there's yeah. not, they're not all LSU. So they gave us the national champion last year. Right, and so then they gave us Alabama. So, so that's so uh, tough and some cupcake, really. Yeah, so Alabama didn't win the national title last year. So, I mean, that reprieve, I would say, sure. compared to LSU. sure. But we are, we're actually having LSU at Death Valley, which makes, it's like a death sentence while you're having your scrotum electrocuted. <laughs> well, you know, it, it occurs to me that, uh, that maybe the SEC doesn't care much about Missouri or their uh, feelings or uh, just in general. I, I would love to know what Jim Sturck's reaction was to this. Is there any pushback? Does he just bend over and take his licks or is this like is he as mad as uh the uh, majority of mizzou fans are and i do see there's a contingent of mizzou fans hey man you gotta play who you're gonna play and yeah, well, yeah. listen i agree you do and there's no rule that says we can't beat either of those teams though it's nearly a rule at this point it doesn't it still doesn't change the fact that that two teams got uh, a fist rolled in kitty later and jammed up their butthole and mm-hmm. those teams are missouri and arkansas that's right and it's not hard to figure out why yeah, Arkansas already had, of course, Alabama and LSU on their schedule as they are in the SEC West, but they drew Georgia and Florida, which is the SEC East equivalent yeah. of Missouri's draw. Mm-hmm. I would say that we're in worse shape simply because they got to deal with Alabama and LSU already. That's a mm-hmm. given. Yeah. And if you got to trade up, they're getting a Florida, we're getting an Alabama sure. and an LSU. Florida is good. Florida mm-hmm. will likely beat us this year, mm-hmm. but they're not Alabama. No, they're year. not. But that being said, <laughs> Arkansas's also got to play Auburn. They're on the schedule too. Arkansas, um, you know, the, Barry Odom went to Arkansas because he thought, "Hey, I can turn the ship around over here." Sure. You know, I'll be the defensive coordinator. I yeah. know a lot about defense. Yeah, they're at the bottom. Can't get worse mm-hmm. than this schedule happened. Yeah, but let's not talk about Arkansas because fuck Arkansas. Yeah, absolutely. Mizzou. I, 
What are your thoughts about how do you feel about this Alabama LSU addition to the Mizzou schedule? Well, first and foremost, I like the idea of a conference only schedule. You know what I mean? Like, I, there's mm-hmm. a certain I have a you know as a as an as a NFL fan first. You know what I mean? Like, I have an affection for divisional games. Well, smaller. Do you know what I mean? Like, there are three hundred zillion fucking Division One schools, and you know, probably thirty percent of them do not even belong in Division One football, and. Arkansas again, bringing up Arkansas again. Well, I mean, there are (laughs) enough teams in the SEC that you don't really ever need to play some cupcake games. Now, cupcake games as a coach are probably a good thing, get people healthy, you know, Mm -hmm. you work on some stuff. But ultimately, this a 10-game schedule where they're all SEC schools is probably going to ultimately be better for viewership. I mean, from the standpoint of it's going to be make for more entertaining football. If we can play football, I think every one of these games is going to get great ratings, yeah. no doubt. I, I mean, myself. I mean, Central Arkansas was not, you know. And what is not a draw? Well, you know, if, if somebody said, hey, Colin, you want to go play golf this afternoon? I'm like, I'm not going to be like, no, I want to watch the Mizzou Central Arkansas game. Yeah. Now, Mizzou LSU? <laughs> I'm like, hey, can we play tomorrow? I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I might go golfing. <laughs> well, but you, you take my point. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. In fact, you're the one who told me, because my first question whenever the Big Ten, I guess, was the one that first went to this conference-only schedule, mm-hmm. was what does that do? Why does that help? And I guess you were saying that it empties out a couple of weeks out of all yeah, the flexibility, teams. Scheduling flexibility. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yeah, so when things change as they're bound to, they can sort of move some chess pieces around. That makes sense. I didn't like it at first. I thought, oh, God, this is the most Mizzou thing ever. And I hate that <laughs> when people say that because I'm like, God, that's just that's such a loser mentality. I don't like that I root for a team that has that kind of loser mentality. But there it is. <laughs> but I did stew on it for a little bit. And I thought, you know what? This season, no matter what happens, is an asterisk kind of season. Look yeah. at baseball. And who cares, ultimately? Mm-hmm. We're going to play LSU some years. We're going to play Alabama some years. It's a kind of a, a wash. I mean, I think Drinkwitz is clearly, it's his first year. This is the most crazy year ever. Mm-hmm. He's going to get a pass for this year, no matter what happens. Yeah, I think so. That's true. If you're going to throw the biggest, meanest dogs in the SEC at us, mm-hmm. we'll make it 2020. This, I mean, it's the most 2020 thing that can happen. Sure, give us LSU and Alabama. So I don't foresee a win. But the thing about sports is that on this rare, weird day, 
you know, if as long as we field twenty two players yep. and they field twenty two players, we beat Oklahoma, who was ranked number hey, one. Maybe we'll get lucky and they'll be ravaged by coronavirus and then we'll find their third <laughs> string or something. I wouldn't call that luck. I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean we barely beat Arkansas last year, and no, they were I'm covered sure. in mumps. I don't know yeah. if you remember that. That's a, <laughs> yeah. That is a communicable disease that has been eradicated, yeah. or should have been, and yeah. we have vaccines for it. Yeah. And uh, yet Arkansas came down with it, their entire team did, and we barely beat them. Yep. So I don't know if another team that is stricken with coronavirus yeah, is really going to string of Alabama mm-hmm. um, might give us all we want. We're recruiting third stringers from yeah, Alabama. Sure, so sure. what does that say? I, we talked a little bit about the recruiting front, front and all that last time we were on the show, but really this show boils down to the season because is it going to happen? All of the all the talk about whether we're going to play Alabama or LSU or who should we be playing ten game conference schedule la la dee da may not matter because Twitter's it's, a dark dark place right now. <laughs> it's Monday afternoon. We're recording this podcast. It's the, deep in the yeah. Pac twelve is on the verge of canceling the football season. Big Ten has been rumored to cancel the football season. They say that Nebraska and Iowa are the only two people standing in the way of their football season being eradicated. Mm-hmm. Um, the SEC, uh, to at least what I'm hearing, is uh, holding firm. There, you know, there's it's going to take it's going to take something pretty nasty happening. Uh, and especially with this conference only season, fuck it. If every other team on the planet, if every other conference on the planet decides to call it quits, well, the SEC doesn't have to. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's reports from Pat Forty out recently. I saw that said the ACC is doing everything it can to make sure this schedule or this football season stays in some capacity. Mm-hmm. But we're we got the fine bomb show in the background right now. They're talking about the Pac-12 making. I figured if anybody canceled first, it would be the Pac-12. My personal thought is that one of the Power Five conferences makes the call to shut it down. The other follows suit. Yeah, I don't know. I I uh, I really don't know. I can't imagine a circumstance where the SEC would do it unless something changes drastically. And I mean. And how much more drastic can it? I mean, one hundred sixty thousand people are dead. There's like now five million cases. I mean, we have we have America has chosen a trajectory, and it is live with the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So, are we going to live with it, or are we not? You know what I mean? Like, it's at some point you're either let's shut it down and fix it, or let's just barrel ahead. I guess you know what I mean. Like, well, the coronavirus is steeped in politics, oh, and God. and because of that, and because of where the Southeast Conference is, you know, yeah. just geographically. I can see a scenario where every single, you know, division three, division two, you know, NAIC, all football is gone. And the SEC SEC still says, we're going to try to play football. (laughs) (laughs) Well, God love them. You know, I mean, that, that, that wouldn't shock me at all either. And well, I just hate, I hate this. And I, listen, I don't want to, God, we don't want to get into politics on the show because we like, so you don't want to alienate half of the listenership. But at the same time, there is blame to go around. And you can blame who you want. You can blame one party or another party. You can blame doctors and scientists, or you can blame China, or you can blame... There is blame to go around. It did not have to go this way. We don't have to be in this circumstance right now. Mm -hmm. I have never been more disappointed in our country and its (laughs) inability to paddle in the same direction to get shit together. I I just... It's it's maddening. And, um, you know... Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter who's... If if this guy says... something over here there's a mob of people screaming he's wrong and if this person over here said something there's a mob of person on this i'd scream there. our country's very divided god i don't know why we're going down this road but our country's very divided but i i'm gonna go down this road it's very divided and i honestly i thought we needed a we needed a disaster to like galvanize us you know what i mean like at some point and then i was like here comes a disaster a pandemic comes and it just divided us further and i was like god damn it and now it's taking away college football and uh and I kind of like college football. In fact, I'm pretty fond of it. And so I'm very mad. 
and I want to place blame, and I'm not going to do it here, but somebody needs to be blamed. But I'm just, I'm mad. It doesn't have to, it didn't have to be this way. And now we're standing on the brink of not having college football. Yeah, it's a, it's a disaster, however you want to slice it. And the one thing about, you know, this being a worldwide pandemic, I guess by definition, it's worldwide. Uh, you can look at what other countries are doing, and you can see the U.S. is not doing great. No. Um, but what you want to see is, like, what ideas can we steal from other countries? So I want to see, like, New Zealand has been an example of where there's no new cases in coronavirus. What are they doing about their college football season? <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm sure they have soccer or some sort of didgeridoo type sport or, mm-hmm. you know, where they throw turtles at one another with baskets. I don't know what New Zealanders do. I'm guessing. I think the turtle basket game. <laughs> <laughs> but they're having the, the season's makes, happening, Brennan. The turtle basket game may be what's on ESPN well, I this just, fall. I just feel like, I'm, all I'm saying is that I, our country has piecemealed it. You know what I mean? Like mm. everybody, every state, every municipality, every you know, there has been no coordinated government response. So we've all just sort of patchworked it together, and it didn't work. And I heard the analogy made: it's like having a pool full of people and having a set, no pee section. Do you know what I mean? If the rest of the pool is still peeing, you're not. It's not very effective. You know, even though this one portion of the pool is no pee. There are pools that you're not allowed to pee in? <laughs> but um, anyway, it's a shame. Mm. It's a shame. And I, 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 am, I am of mixed emotions on this, on the football season. I want football. And I mm. hope that they'll play. I, football players are, have put together sort of a, something they would like to have put together. You know, you know testing, the ability to opt out. They put out this little list. Trevor Lawrence most uh, notably put it on Twitter. It has caught fire. Um, most of college football and its fans have gotten behind it. Like, here are some things that we could do and still have college football. Let us play, uh, I believe is the hashtag on Twitter. And one of those things is to unionize players. And that is an extremely controversial take. And But it is something that I feel like has been boiling over. Maybe not so much unionization, but, you know, the pain of the players. This, the coronavirus has accelerated all of these arguments because – now it's not just the player's safety in the long term. It's not just that they're, they not, might not be able to remember their grandkids' name when they're 60. It's that now they literally could get sick and die this year. You know what I mean? Not just not remember their kid's name 60 years ago. It's easy not to just sort of throw caution to the wind when it's a problem. When you're 21 years old and it's a problem for 40 years from now, it's, it's easy to sort of chalk it up to, I want to play football. But these players are the breadwinners for many of these schools. And they are paid no money. And they're giving, I know, yeah, they're giving a fucking scholarship. Yeah, okay. How much is a fucking four-year degree at Mizzou cost? Less than one year salary of an NFL player. That is my point. So you obviously can see where I land on the whole, Could should we pay the players? Well, yes, there's, you know. You are all over the place. I am. I am, you know, it's the drugs. Mm-hmm. But point is, is it's been accelerated. And now I see people who definitely wouldn't be in favor of paying players basically retweeting this thing by Trevor Lawrence saying unionize, you know, unions <laughs> unionize is part of the, as uh, the let us play, you know, and I'm like, golly, things are, things are crazy right now. Well, the, yeah, this has thrown everybody's personal politics or financial, economic, everything's in, into a big, again, I'm not saying I'm for unionization or not. I, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to be apolitical and I say that, but these are all statements of fact. These things are happening right now. And I just cannot believe how coronavirus, you know, just put aside the health risks that are associated with it, just the way it has turned sort of the universe and the sports universe in itself up on its ear. Trevor Lawrence represents a certain group of people who obviously want to see the football season go, you know, mm-hmm. and he sure. represents I'm of those people. Yeah. He's um, representing, I guess, the college athletes that are saying, hey, let's, let's fight through this. And there's a lot of them. 
I think that the one thing I would say when people, I'm listening to the Paul Feinbaum show and hearing people scream one way or another, and I think the one thing that you got to take in consideration, and I think the thing that commissioners are having to deal with that the regular fan doesn't have to deal with is, and, and anybody who's talking about this virus, which is when people say one thing and then a month later another thing happens, part of it is that this is new. There's no playbook for this. No. So when people are trying to do something, if they're trying to help they may be wrong, but that doesn't mean that they're trying to lie to you or that there's some grand conspiracy. It just means that they're trying to figure things out. Not everything works. And it, you know, and so like when people are making decisions about should we play football? Shouldn't we? Should we have fans? Shouldn't we? Should we play conference games only? Shouldn't we? There's no right answer. We're doing this. We're all on the fly. One, it's on the fly. It's one take only. It's hard. So I would reserve my rage for college football commissioners, for athletic directors, for players, for the NFL, for whoever you are mad at, just realize this is a nearly impossible task to figure out what to do. And and the weird thing is, too, that we're recording this Monday, Sunday and Monday, all day long on Twitter and on sports media. It's looked. I think everybody's been waiting for the hammer to drop and get Mm -hmm. a notification from Darren Rovell or ESPN or somebody that says, no college football this year. I mean, I think everybody's been waiting for that. It hasn't happened yet. By the time we release this podcast, it might. This could all be irrelevant. But the well, fact that it hasn't happened yet means they are in a room and they are struggling. Sure. They I are think not doing this lightly. I guess at this point, um, maybe this makes me, um, well, frankly, dangerous. But I want college football. And I, I think the what they need to do is allow these players to opt out and not lose a year of eligibility. The NCAA needs to give them the ability to say, you know what, not this year. And then come back and still have their eligibility. You know, because even though these are tremendously uh, gifted athletes and, and really s- the specimen of the human race. I mean, these guys are big, physical, young. Uh, they are the best of us. And they will in all likelihood survive, you know, uh, even if they are uh, infected with the coronavirus. But what what is the value of a life? What if just, I mean, some of these players probably do have asthma. Some of them probably have an autoimmune deficiency. If one offensive lineman for one division, one school dies, was the season worth it? Is it worth it, the sacrificing one person? I don't know. Well, and it's not but just... if you've given those players the option to opt out, well, then they really did take that decision in their own hands. But if, if, if universities, athletic departments, and coaches are forcing them to play, then that's something different. But if they're giving them the option to opt out and re- maintain eligibility then they really have made that decision independently. I just don't want anybody forced to do yeah. football if they don't feel safe doing it. I also want to emphasize the the issue itself isn't just mortality, because I think a lot of focus gets put on the mortality of the virus and whether it's low or very low or whatever it is. But there's a lot of things. I mean, there is a lot of evidence that I think a lot of the college football universe is considering about the, there's a potential that there's long-term risk sure. related to this thing. You could survive it. You could be yeah. rather asymptomatic, but you could have a heart condition. <laughs> yeah. as a, well, and nobody don't know because it's new. Well, and I heard, I heard a guy talking about the other day, you know, nobody knew about what post polio was until people started getting it. You know what I mean? People knew about what polio was and it was a bad thing. And then they had a vaccine, but then several years later, there was this condition called post polio. Well, that, uh, you know, they don't, I mean, Listen, it's probably unlikely. Again, we're getting far afield here as far as epidemiology goes, but there's nothing to say that, you know, 10 years from now, everybody that had coronavirus suddenly has some sort of secondary problem as a result. I get, I don't know. I just, I, I do know I get frustrated with definitive statements from either pro or con either way. I mean, it, it really, like you said, it is such a fluid 
moving thing and, and nobody has the right answer. I know people have very strong opinions one way or the other, but nobody knows. And that's what, you know, nothing is more unsettling than uncertainty. And this is really what the coronavirus does in all walks of life. It just makes you uncertain. It makes the future uncertain. It just, it makes you feel like a little bit like you're standing on sand all the time. My other point besides mortality not being the only issue at stake is that while these guys are young and they're healthy and likely very, you know, very good shape of surviving the virus, the thing about it is it's a very communicable, communicable disease. Yes, and it's, what about their family? What about their friends? What sure. about their classmates? Well, I saw that Louisville literally kicked three soccer players off their team for holding a party, for having mm-hmm. a party. And it, I think that's, again, what the disappointment is, is we can't seem to get everybody to paddle in the same direction. And therefore, the direction that we're paddling, you may not agree with it, you may not like it, but if we could all just get everybody to do it, you know, maybe it is the wrong direction, but a bad plan is better than no plan. And I feel like no plan is basically what we've been dealing with. One of my loved ones has a coworker who had, who got coronavirus. Uh, this individual came to work two days into feeling bad and got sent home because of a temperature, but had been feeling bad. Their kid hadn't had taste or smell for two days, and all this going on, and came to work, exposed customers, exposed co-workers, tested positive when they were sent home, went to a street dance this weekend, and is now using the time off and their disability payment, their, their short-term disability payment they're getting to go on a vacation. So this person has coronavirus. So it was hard for me to wrap my head around it first because at some point I thought, well, everybody's sort of, it's not me, so they so some people will sort of turn a blind eye to it. But this person has it. It's not like it's not me. It is them. But it's still, you know, well, the problem is going on a vacation. You know? <laughs> so it makes it hard to control, <laughs> you know what I mean? The problem Despite is what coaches or players want to do. The problem is we're relying on human beings to make good decisions because human beings are the ones being infected by the virus. Mm -hmm. The bigger problem is that human beings are the least trustable creatures. They're the stupidest. You can't (laughs) trust human beings to do the right thing almost ever. Uh, You know, that's true. And they're the ones we have to ask to do it. So anyway, that's a football podcast. Gosh, I'm sorry guys. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like we were terribly controversial. We didn't take a firm stand one way or the other. No, I think uh, basically the the summation is the coronavirus is bad. Yeah. We don't like it much. Screwing up life as we know it right now. It's about to take our football away and I'm not happy. Well, let's take our first break. We'll regroup and maybe we can talk a little football. This is the Mazatcast. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hey guys, we have a new sponsor. Who is it? Well, they're called Manscaped. And oh, I know, I know this product. Yeah, they sent us some stuff, didn't they? Yeah, we shaved our sweet salty balls with them. I'll tell you what, they have good stuff. I shaved and I found a tattoo I forgot I even had. <laughs> they're the number one men's below the belt grooming company in America. My balls are so soft. <laughs> Who, <laughs> who's the governing body who decides this, by the way? 
I don't know, but I, I believe what they're telling me. Manscaped has redesigned its electric trimmer. It's called the Lawnmower 2, and it has proprietary skin-safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's a zero-turn mower. It gets the job done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's scrote safe. That's guaranteed. But I can't tell you how many lacerations my ball sack used to have before we got Manscaped. Well, you shouldn't have been using that bull whip, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. In my defense, it was a rusty lawnmower blade. But either way, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Don't use the same trimmer on your face as you use on your balls. Best day one stuff. Act now and you can get 20% off and free shipping. Just use the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the right job. Your balls will thank you. Tripping on you from the start It's like you was in front of the moon from afar You were as beautiful as Mrs. Lauren Hill Vocals on vintage acoustic guitar We were aligned with the stars Pluto and Jupiter Mars You the one Jupiter had them a baby And that sunshine of the world that was ours Speeds the truth, don't need the lies Keep my cool and peace of mind But if you're thinking I lose the redefine What the fuck you think is a lot? She's tweaking high <laughs> Top of the world above ground and earth Out of this world but she down to earth We staying tuned with no sound alert She my soul food with no ounce And we are back Cosmos. We got some listener music for you here the artist you're listening to is Moo You. The song is called Cosmos. You can follow them on Twitter at I am Moo You. That's M O O Y O U. You can also send us your music, your band's music. Send it to Mazodcast at gmail.com and we'll put it on the air. Con, we, uh, we talk about what the coronavirus may or may not do to Mazodcast. Yeah, for those of us who stuck, for those of you who stuck through that bullshit. <laughs> well, we talked about what it's going to maybe do to Mizzou's season, but uh, let's take a little bit broader view of college football as a whole. One of the things you know people have been talking about well, for the last couple of days is the Big Ten and the big you know the Pac-12. If they decide to cancel the season, and that's been talked about for weeks now, is nobody really cares about because it it's Pac-12 and they yeah, suck. Exactly. Um, I certainly don't care. You know, but the Big Ten is. A rival conference to the SEC. And if the Big Ten's out, it looks like the dominoes may fall. All of college football will be out. One thing that is interesting is that Scott Frost of Nebraska said that he is prepared to look at any and all options, which do include possibly playing outside of the Big Ten. How about the idea that Nebraska, after weaseling their way into the Big Ten, and then having nothing but bad luck. Oh, I saw that earlier today. The uh, Wanting out. Michigan and, I don't know, there were several Ohio – or Ohio, Ohio State, Michigan, and like a couple other teams, there was rumored that they are talking about joining the Big Twelve mm-hmm. to get at, you know to work their way around this. And of course, when reached for comment, whoever it was from Michigan said that would be news to us. And who knows if that's true? You could go one of two ways: either it's complete bullshit made up, or if it was true, they're certainly not going to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, there are there are there are schools that want to play football. There are schools that do are uh, individuals who are confident they will not. Uh, who knows where it'll all end up? Well, I think there's long-term implications, too, because, you know, well, I guess it's 2012, Mizzou joined the SEC the same time as uh, Nebraska joined the mm-hmm. Big Ten. And there was a huge conference realignment at that time. And there's always been talk since then that this isn't it. You know, there's yeah. going to be more conference realignment. And maybe coronavirus is something it's that stimulates. Yeah, yeah, it's the accelerant. It also, you know, um, the SEC has been an anomaly in the, having an eight-game conference schedule in the mm-hmm. past. Now everybody's going to complete conference games. Next year, does does the SEC 
adopt a nine game conference schedule? Do people, I mean, like I said, I like conference play too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I think it, everybody does. The thing I don't like, and the SEC I think is as bad as anybody, even though Paul Feinbaum will blame it on Mizzou, is playing Cup their cakes. cupcakes late in the season. Ugh. You know what I mean? I'm fine getting three weeks of cupcakes out of the way, essentially making it like a preseason. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you're going to have cupcakes, that's when you do it. But dropping your letter school in mid November, in the middle of yeah, that a, a title hunt, that seems doing like- this show. We have been caught many times when we do our SEC around the horn with a fucking list of turd burger games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and often there are weeks where it's just turd burgers, maybe one or two showcase games, and they do that on purpose. They look at that schedule and they know what people are going to want to see and what people don't care to see, and they make sure that okay, we're going to have the Auburn Alabama game. Or, well, that's an outlier because that's the last game of the season. But yeah. you know they're going to have a good game. Yeah, a couple good matchups and everything else is going to suck. Everything's going to suck. And they're going to force feed crap to us. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Put the crap at the beginning of the schedule. You yes. know what I mean? Let's warm up to it. But you eliminate one of the crap games and make it a conference game, even if it's a Vanderbilt. Well, the thing that was fascinating to me is imagine the, you know, the Big 12, which has been a complete shit show for, gosh, over a decade now, really. Mm-hmm. Imagine it suddenly being infused with two giant powerhouse programs. Imagine what that would, I mean, all, you know why it'll never happen is Texas won't ever want it to happen. No. Texas would be like, nope, we're the big dog at the table. We eat first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stay in the fucking Big Ten. Yeah, Texas would say, well, how about this? We have divisions. You're not in mine. You know <laughs> yeah, I mean? exactly. We'll put you in Kansas and uh-huh. we'll get Iowa State. Iowa State. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, anyway, just news breaking. It looks like the the MAC and the Mountain West, two conferences that we don't care about, but mm-hmm. indicative of bigger yeah. fish to fall. I mean, it started out at the lower levels. The bigger conferences yeah. haven't moved yet, but the mid-sized conferences are eliminating sports. I mean, the elimination of sports, this is just athletes, what yeah. we're talking about, because there's no chance in hell that there's going to be fans in the seats, even mm-hmm. if we have a season. I yeah. can't imagine that we're going to do anything that allows – Fans in the yeah, seats. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so uh, I would love to see Nebraska throw a wrench in the Big Ten and the Big 12. Well, you didn't plans. break the breaking news is the Mountain West has postponed their fall sports. That's what the breaking news is. Yeah, that's those, right. Those, those, those turd burger conferences have decided to to call it a day, on mm-hmm. at least in the fall. Yeah, and that. Which is a. Which is a, why couldn't you play it in the spring? Yeah. I think the really thing about the spring is. Not that you couldn't do it. It's just that you now are bumping it against basketball, bumping it against baseball and everything else. And then you know, just all logistics. But absolutely, you could do it. And I think a lot of people, myself included, might rather see a spring schedule than no schedule at all. I would. I would rather. I just want I want a season. And I this, this has far-reaching um, tentacles, too. I mean, these athletic departments are funded by these big sports. These mm-hmm. uh, How many jobs are associated with? Division one college football, you know, how many athletic departments are going to have to cut, cut, cut? How many sports that aren't football are we cut? You know, there's plenty of t- schools that are already going, hey, golf, volleyball, wrestling, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Bye-bye. It's all funded by football and yeah, basketball. Yeah, that's right. And so those athletes aren't going to get an opportunity. And those coaches, those administrative people, those the secretaries, the, you know what I mean? The, the, weight, the guys in the weight room, the assistants, the GAs, whatever – all of them watch their job evaporate without this. The press. I mean, mm-hmm. think about it, how newspapers are already sucking hind tit. Now, how many how many people are they going to keep around if there's not a sport for them to f- even report on? Yeah, I think too. If you're if you're a first round draft pick caliber football player, you're looking at this, and it's you know that people are losing money on the coronavirus mm-hmm. season, whether the season yep. happens or not. The, if you're a top 
level player, you're realizing that the money being lost is yours because you, not that you won't get drafted a year from now, mm-hmm. but like if you can't show off your talents and get yep. drafted this year, then that's a year of your earning potential, earning years being eradicated. Now you can make it up on the back end, but if your season, if your if your career lasts that long, but it's right. a lot easier to make that money at 23 than it is at. Uh, 36. You know yeah, what I mean? Like and 22, you only get one year of being 22. Yeah, you know, exactly. and so if, that, if you can't get paid that year, you don't get paid. Well, Joe Burrow said as much last year's uh, Heisman and the number one overall pick. He said, you know, if this had happened last year, I might have been looking for a job right now. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that's pretty pessimistic. I think Joe would have been okay either way. But mm. but the, the point remains is that this is going to fuck up, you know, players. It's going to fuck up employees. It's It's... It's shit stew. Oh, God. It is shit stew. It's mm-hmm. a big heap and glass, steamy pot of shit stew. Yeah. But, and you know, hey, Brendan, speaking of shit stew. Sure. Bring let's it talk on. about Mizzou basketball. No, let's not do that. Mm. <laughs> no, I, though I will say I saw everybody's blowed up on, on Twitter about uh, a young basketball player named Jordan Nesbitt, who um, is a, a very, very uh, uh, talented uh, Missouri kid who uh, apparently Mizzou hasn't even offered a scholarship to. So, Conzo. Uh, some folks upset wanting to know why Conzo might not offer a Missouri kid who's uh, everybody else wants, even offer him a scholarship. I saw the suggestion made that if he scored four points a game and was a Juco player, that Conzo would be all over him. <laughs> well, I've said it time and time again that I don't follow especially college basketball recruiting enough to, to make an informed decision on whether this is good or bad or whether there's more behind the, the scenes St. that Louis we don't kid. know about. Wasn't Conso supposed to be making roads in St. Louis? Well, like I said, I'm just putting that aside, I will say that here's what I've noticed from that little escapade about this one individual player. There is no honeymoon left for Conzo Martin. He, he doesn't deserve a honeymoon. He has he, expended he, all of his goodwill at yes. this point. I mean, he, and I'm not saying that he can't have success. He played a song at a press conference. <laughs> I'm just saying that when you look at social media, people are not giving Conzo much benefit of the doubt because of what we've seen on the court. I mean, it's just not been that good and there doesn't appear to be a direction. It seems rudderless in a way that the Barry Odom administration had seemed rudderless. That being said, we all know the financial straits. We were just discussing it, Mm -hmm. that Mizzou was in prior Mizzou sports was in prior to the COVID crisis. We're not in a position to start cutting salary, cutting Coaches and no, I do wonder if I mean ultimately this middle of the road coach who you've heard of that's not getting the job done. You know, you could potentially pay less to a up and comer. I mean, yeah, but haven't we been through this a million times? (laughs) We we're gonna save money getting an up and comer, and then we're gonna no, that didn't work out. We're gonna pay a fortune to get somebody who's a known commodity. No, that didn't work out. Let's pay somebody we don't know. But I said I said an episode or two ago, I've I've sort of changed my tune on this. I'm I'm looking at Drankowitz and going. and looking back on Pinkle and like maybe it's go find somebody to smaller school who's had success because you just aren't going to be able to afford to buy the coach you want. I mean, and I, nothing nothing illustrates that more than the Tennessees and the Floridas of the world who keep hiring shitburgers. Yeah, I mean, no, I don't think uh, Dan Mullen's a shitburger, but I think several they've hired several shitburgers in the interim. Tennessee is currently eating their second shitburger since I've been part of the SEC or we have been part of the SEC. And those schools have more money than us. Mm-hmm. So if they have to go hire hamburgers made of human fecal matter, then what chance do we have? Uh, we need to go find some something else. I think it speaks to the fact that it is hard to win. Whether you're talking about college football or whether you're talking about college basketball, there are hundreds of teams. We're in the Power Five. We went into this conference, in basketball anyway, 
looking to win. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We were better than Auburn and Alabama. Yeah. They have better basketball programs than we do right now. That happened since we've been in the SEC. And, they're, you know, Kim Anderson, I, I mean, the truthers are gone. If there are truthers out there, <laughs> then um, they are very much in hiding. Kim Anderson was a disaster for the basketball program. Oh, no he, question. Frank Haith was a disaster. I'm yes, not gonna, he was. Conzo Martin, is he a rudderless ship? Or is he going to be a disaster? Where are we going to put him? I mean, I what know. is his legacy as of right now? You look at Barry Odom's legacy, and it was just middling gray. M- gray and muddy and not much. And that's looking like Conzo's position right now. But I feel like Mizzou's desire, Mizzou fans' desires when it comes to hiring coaches, it's just like bowling on a bowling alley that has those inflatable yeah. gutter guards in it. Because it's, we bounce back. Like I said, we hire the guy who doesn't have much experience but is an up-and-comer. And we get him on a deal. That doesn't work out. We bounce hard the other direction towards the other, other gutter. And it's like, let's open the checkbook and pay somebody who's a known commodity. That doesn't work out. Although we haven't done that much in basketball. But Conzo was supposed to be that guy. He had a, at least a track record. You know, and then we want to do the other thing, bounce back onto the other gutter. Well, I'm I'm more reactionary than than a lot of folks, and I've I've just decided I've seen I've seen enough to know that Conzo's not the answer. But I I played golf this weekend with a guy who is bleeds black and gold. I mean, he is a he's a big time Mizzou fan, and he sort of endorses everything that the university does mm-hmm. for a long time. You know, and so he was a big Conzo proponent, and even he admitted this week he's like, man, I don't know. You know, he's like, uh, and he's telling me about, you know, Empower Mizzou. You know, he's on there all the time. He's been in it, you know, and he thinks sentiment for even the truthers is starting to sour on Conzo. And he doesn't have the benefit of being a hometown guy like Kim Anderson or Barry Odom does. So if 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 that segment of the fan community is starting to turn on Conzo, I don't think he's long for this world. Yeah, I'll say this. If we're going to say we're going to balance the scales a little bit. You know, Conzo hasn't had much success, no question. And uh, he was handed a turd sandwich whenever the whole Porter debacle happened. And it just the worst case scenario for the, for the Porter brothers. I mean, just yep. worst case scenario. You couldn't have painted a, a more disastrous they situation for him. Make to a, they did not make a compelling case for veganism. I'll say that. <laughs> they do not. But I will say this I think. Eat a hamburger, kids. <laughs> the, <laughs> The thing that uh, I think he maybe will have done in a positive light is that when we had Haith and when we had Kim Anderson, I couldn't even remember players' names because they were here for one season. They transferred out. You know what I mean? He he added a little bit of stability he to the team. He brought credibility because, like I said, he was a name you knew. He'd done it. We're before. talking about it like it's post mortem, like he's not the coach anymore. He could be the coach for multiple years. Ugh, but what at, at this change. point, if we're going to talk about the positives that he's done. It's no longer a revolving door where guys don't even play a full season before they mm-hmm. transfer out. Now, we have had transfers. It's not like he's been immune to it. But the fact of the matter is there were years in the Kim Anderson era where I like didn't know players' names yeah, because no, they sure. were so in and out. Yeah, I don't feel that way anymore. Now, we still can't win more than we lose. You know what I mean? Like We've had one above 500 season this entire time that he's been the coach and that was the first year with an nba first round draft pick on his team granted he had him for three minutes but two (laughs) we didn't we haven't seen any real success not even i think the thing with barry odom and conzo that makes you disheartened is that you think okay well this isn't the year clearly this isn't the year but let's see some signs of life let's see some what the future holds let's mm-hmm. see what's around the corner and with both of those coaches you're just not seeing much no. you know there's nothing to be 
hopeful about. Yeah. And you got to have hope. I mean, a team like Mizzou, we don't have national titles in football or basketball. Give us something to root for and something to hope for. Mm-hmm. And because we don't need it much. I was never a huge fan of Mike Anderson because I thought the 40 minutes of hell was a gimmick. And I just never knew how far that could take you. And people are like, oh, what about Arkansas? They did that. Like Arkansas had fucking, what was his name? Corliss Williams. Corliss Williams. I mean, they had NBA talent on their team, too. They mm-hmm. like to leave that fucking convenient portion of the conversation out. But at least they won games. You know what I mean? It was a gimmick. Mm-hmm. And it, I knew it wasn't ever going to take us necessarily to the promised land, but it certainly got us in the NCAA tournament. It certainly made for entertaining basketball. And that's my biggest complaint with Missouri basketball. I haven't been entertained by a Missouri basketball game, and I couldn't tell you when. <laughs> like, yeah. I fucking changed the channel. I try watching it. It's boring. It's awful. Good Lord. The fucking... Well, it's, it's we, unwatchable. We were told out of the gate before Conzo coached his first game that his yeah, we style talked of play... Tennessee guy was... Yeah, it, his style of play is gouge your eyes out with a fucking rusty spoon. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Lethargic looking. I mean, good defense and struggling offense. And we have certainly seen the struggling offense and we've seen sporadic great defense, but it's just not, I mean, I'd like, I'm with you. I'd rather have the 40 minutes of hell gimmick as it Mm -hmm. may be than just this. Imagine being Georgia tech running that fucking triple option horse shit or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You know, the, if you win some football games along the way, you know what I mean? It's a headache for the opposing coaches, oh. but ultimately a good team is going to beat well, you every time. I, I feel like we've acquiesced to this sort of like, well, just give us, we've been so bad for so long. We're just like, give us anything. Give me back Mike Anderson in the 40 minutes mm-hmm. of hell. I'll take it as opposed to what we've had since. What we've been dealing with for basketball, I never thought would happen. You know what I mean? Like football had been bad my entire childhood, my entire youth. By the time I got to college, Mizzou got good at football, better mm-hmm. at football. But Gary Pingle made them legitimately good. They've hung on a few years. I think we're on a, at the precipice. But I was always afraid for, like, I don't know, the 10, 12-year run that Gary Pingle had us being good at football that we could always slip back to where we were. Yeah. Into the abyss. I never thought that would happen with basketball, but it has. You can't have you can't have multiple seasons where you win ten or eleven games. God, I'm gonna tell you, not what, realize you're a bad team. Uh, you know, our younger listeners probably honestly can't remember this, but there was a time when I, when Missouri basketball was fun, like it was fun. Like I look forward to Saturday afternoons on the uh, Phillips sixty six, you know, game of the afternoon, and you know, Mizzou and Kansas or somebody be playing, or even you know, it what didn't matter the team. You know, they were in the Big Twelve, they were really good. It was. God, I mean, there's a certain nostalgia I have for that. And I I use the word nostalgia because it's been so long ago that it feels like I was a kid when it happened. And then I start to think about how many years ago it was since we've been really competitive and I was a kid. Yeah. And you are no more. You're an old man. I'm an old, dirty man with dirty balls. Mm -hmm. That's true. Well, speaking of dirty balls, why don't we talk about some Kansas news? Let's do it. I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, and... Sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story of the day. Kansas man and wife charged two days after resigning as mayor. (laughs) So Goddard, Kansas. Never heard of it. Never want to go there. It's a terrible place. I guarantee you. (laughs) The man who resigned as their mayor in Goddard on Monday has been charged along with his wife with misdemeanor counterfeiting, Mm. according to Sedgwick County authorities. There's a there's something that I just feel like it'd be hard to get away with. Counterfeiting? Yeah. In this era, it does yes. seem like one that would be yes. challenging. Yeah. Well, hold on, Colin, because you may be thinking he's counterfeiting dollar bills, yeah, American dollar bills, yeah, which, sure. of course, we don't we know they don't use in Kansas. They yeah. use prairie dog pelts as their currency. We all know that. Jamie 
Blue Ball. Blue Ball? Wow. And his wife, Elizabeth Blue Balls, allegedly <laughs> used counterfeit tickets to attend last year's Zubilee at the Sedgwick County Zoo. So, this so the is, former mayor used counterfeit tickets to attend a zoo. A Zubilee at the zoo. Colin, you oh. may be wondering what a Zubilee is. I am wondering that. It doesn't say. It's not an orgy, right? <laughs> it could well be an orgy. I mean, it probably is an, an orgy. An animal orgy. Yeah. In Kansas, that's of course what it is. Sure. I think you got to the bottom of that. Yep. Um, Thanks. Yeah. Just like he got to the bottom of that zebra. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, Cedric County District Attorney Mark Bennett said in a news release he was... Uh, Mark Bennett? Mark Bennett says that... Uh, the tickets were valued at $165 a piece, which is, you know, one year salary as well, a Kansas. I mean, you're it's not going to get into an animal orgy for free, Brennan. That's true. It's a high ticket item. Blue Balls resigned as mayor on Monday, citing conflicts with the city administrator. I think his conflict was he was opposed to counterfeiting. <laughs> yeah. So the city, son of a bitch. the city of Goddard noted in a statement that charges are not connected to any official action Blue Balls took while mayor, and the city had no role in the decisions about whether to bring charges about the Zubilee, which we're going to have to get to the bottom of, find out more about that animal, animal orgy in the town of Goddard, Kansas. But just another criminal in Kansas. Second story. You know, it's a census year, Colin. Uh, you know, I don't know, maybe sure. you've heard that the census takers are out doing their head counts every mm-hmm. 10 years. It's constitutionally mandated. It's yep. a big, important thing you need to do. Let them know where you live. All that jazz. Well, Kansas is in on the action, too. As little as we might like to hear it, Kansas is a part of this great country. Sure. Um, well, if you get rid of metropolitan Kansas City, Kansas, yeah. there's only got to be like 700 people to count. I would think it's a very it's a one day job. Sure, uh, but anyway, Kansans census stuff. Uh, let's get into this. Kansas says they are conducting sheep and a goat survey. So <laughs> My, those are some tough answers to get. I'll be interested to the find. Chances out how they are get. there's more of them than there are humans. Sure. The Kansas Department of Agriculture is seeking sheep and goat owners across Kansas to participate in the sheep and goat survey to generate data and information regarding oh, this. So segment. they're not actually asking the sheep or goat questions. No, I think it has to relate back to the Zubilee. <laughs> <laughs> That's there, right. Was there a goat here? So anyway, they want to get information on this important segment of the Kansas population. Mm-hmm. The, I would prefer them do the voting. Really? Sure. And everything in Kansas should be the goats and the sheep more than the human beings. Uh, the purpose of the survey is to investigate the economic impact of sheep and goats in Kansas. I'd say it's astronomical. You can't measure the impact no. sure. of romance. <laughs> You know, Master.com needs those sheep and goat in Kansas. How so are you going to keep, their up and, keep up and running? <laughs> How are you going to uh, put a dollar figure on man-goat love? No, you can't. You can't. It means more than that. Colin, here's a little Kansas story close to home. A Kansas man was seriously injured after being ejected from his jet ski at the Lake of the Ozarks. Not surprising. Mm-hmm. Well... Lake of the Ozark is a dangerous place. It we is. know that it can be, and there is a lot of alcohol consumed, mm-hmm. and there is a lot of, I'd say, we reckless boating. We participated in those act- those activities at the Lake of the Ozarks. No, I'm always telling people they should not drink and drive, and then oh. I'm uh, tisk tisking when I see people. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't say I drank. I just mean we have been to the debauch that mm-hmm. is. We're the usually Ozarks. preaching to them with our yeah, Bibles. Obviously, obviously, we're yeah. trying to lead them to a uh, more. Uh, wholesome path. Sure. That's what we're known for. Sure. A Kansas man was seriously injured Friday afternoon when he was ejected from a jet ski at the 33.5 mile marker of the Osage. Great mile marker. Yeah. 33 and a half. Mm. I didn't know they marked them by half miles now. Uh, The Kansas man was ejected Friday afternoon from his jet ski when he was doing a handstand and butt chugging white claw. Really? 
I assume so. The mo- <laughs> it's not all in there. <laughs> you're you're making some assumptions. I see. Well, that most of them I'd are say believable. educated guesses. Yes, you yes. can say assumptions, but I'll oh, say I can't imagine they're using White Claw. What's that? What's that uh, creatine drink that has alcohol in it? I would not and will not know. I don't understand the question, and I refuse to answer it. <laughs> all right, good. Enough. But just, let's just say it's four loco. Yeah, and, uh, they were butt chugging four loco. I mean, I. I, uh, I feel like White Claw's more your uh, sorority girl. Uh, this is f- our Kansas residents are more for loco. Maybe I'm going to tell you this. One thing I've noticed. I mean, we are both from Redneck, Missouri. Sure. You know what I mean? We are not uh, urbanites. No, I don't we're think not. anybody would um, confuse us for. Yeah, we're con- not sophisticated people. No, we're not so cosmopolitan. No, we are not urbane. I know this may come as a shock to our listeners, mm-hmm. but I have noticed that our Redneck brethren, when they choose to drink alcohol, especially beer, they're pretty big. Pussies. Light I mean, beer. They like the light beer. They will not drink a stout. They will not drink an IPA. That's li- just gross. They like it the lighter the better. I'm telling you, Budweiser came out and, and the rednecks were like, too heavy and dark for my taste. I'll take a Bud Light. <laughs> then Bud Light was too much for them. And so they switched to natural light. The natural light was just too heavy. So now they're down to a fine little cider mist yeah. with a sprinkling of alcohol in it. Yeah. I mean, these are... Sw- a lot of guys who consider themselves very burly, manly men, mm-hmm. you know, they're hunters, they yeah. provide, and uh, they can barely drink a beer. They're, yeah. they're real wusses. And I think this is an epidemic in the redneck community because, like, you, they don't even drink whiskey without, like, cranberry juice. Yeah, well. Think about the most redneck people you know. Yeah, no, I, what I understand, drink? but I, I'm more forgiving of this because my palate is so... Um, Unrefined? Yeah, I'm not a, I'm a light beer guy. I have no interest in, in, in proving uh, how, you know, well, I'm how wonderful you, my palate is. I just like, give me what tastes good to me. I'm going to tell you. I don't drink ladies and foo-foo. Gentlemen. What do they call those things? Uh, Wine? No, you know, the <laughs> what we just talking about, the fucking seltzer water, fucking... You know, White Claw? Yeah, I don't drink that kind of shit, though. I mean, no, still, it's terrible. Well, I'm not going to say it's terrible. Maybe good. I don't drink it. But the reason I don't drink it is because I'm a man with testicles. You have a penis and a corresponding set of balls. Correct. Yes. As far, last I checked. <laughs> <laughs> they're hard to find, but they're there. <laughs> they're not huge. No. I didn't say big. I didn't Nowhere know. in my sentence did I say large. <laughs> no. No adjective that would imply size was, was, was in there. Large size. Yeah. You can apply some size. <laughs> Just not large. No, don't go that direction. <laughs> no, <either>. wrong direction. <laughs> so this Kansas guy, I think we can maybe safely assume corn mash, though, mm. or you know, or, or some sort of gin concocted well, in a bathtub. I just know we've had this conversation before because Brennan likes his bourbons and his whiskeys, and I have no use for either. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says I have the palate of a child. I was going to compare your palate more to my Labrador. Yeah. And I, it's not just for alcohol. <laughs> Colin, <laughs> Colin is not a guy who appreciates the finer things in life. Colin appreciates familiarity. Sure. That's, Colin likes to eat the same lunch every day in the same way that my Labrador eats the same scoop of dirty dog food out of the garage every day. Colin eats the same dirty dog food every day and is happy about it and also thinks people who like a little diversity in their diet are kind of weird. I don't think they're weird. I think they're wrong. <laughs> okay. You want to you enlighten the listeners on what you eat I don't basically eat it every day, day but most, most days I eat Chipotle for lunch. Okay. Most, most Chipotle, days. if you're listening, Colin wants a little sponsorship because he is probably your best customer. Yeah, well, Without question, they they have a points reward system, Brennan, and you get a free meal if you eat there enough, and I get a lot of free meals. I'm sure you've taken and, them. Uh, you know, I drink uh, Dr Pepper, mm-hmm. uh, diet Dr Pepper, to be. Mm-hmm. And I drink a lot of it. Yeah, and I don't drink anything else. <laughs> mm, what else do I do? That's um, if it is processed and salty, watch, Colin Brennan, eats it. Yeah, Brennan. 
Brent often points out I watch the same shows over and over and over again, just, mm-hmm. despite the fact that new shows get made. Yeah, a lot of th- there's a lot of new shows, but <laughs> yeah. I can't get Colin to try something. I, he'll like it after watching <laughs> three seasons of it. He'll start to think it's okay while he's hammering down a Chipotle while he watches it at the gym on his phone, mm-hmm. which is the, the real way in which you absorb new material. Sure. With your full attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, well, I think we're getting far afield from Kansas news, but what I wanted to just beat home. It's, just, it's a dating profile show for me at this point. Yeah. Colin uh, has a terrible palate. Well, it's, it's not terrible palate. It's just lack of a palate. Tiny penis. Don't forget. Throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ladies. Because maybe they're into that. Look at swipe right. My wife, God bless her. Yeah, she could use a reprieve. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to date him for like a couple months. <laughs> I'm sure he could use the time away from his kids. The yeah, wife could sure. use his time away from Listen, him. Listen, small penis. My financially, I am I am up to my neck in it with all these kids and wife. So mm-hmm. I mean, I've got no money to you know to grease the grease the skids at all, and I the tiny gentles and you know I'm, I'm a catch. Stand in line, ladies. <laughs> all righty, this is uh, one of our worst shows ever. I yeah, think. I agree. We're a disaster. Yeah. Well, maybe the best. Hey, you know what? It's the middle of a, a pandemic. It's it's disaster all around. We're on the verge uh, of no football. We uh, we made a commitment to do this show more regularly, mm-hmm. and we're going to stick to that commitment, no matter how little we have to talk about. You're going to hear some shit, folks. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. If you want to hear a show semi regularly, you're going to have to listen to a lot of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I- but frankly, listen. Let me be honest. We're not getting you a lot of. Uh, Breaking news, so the bullshit's what you come for. That's right. All right, Colin, I got nothing to add. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Get us that vaccine, Caleb. Oh, God, it is shit stew.